This Star News Media Podcast is presented by North Chase Family Dentistry. Open evenings, Saturdays, and they probably take your insurance. Visit them on the web at NorthChaseFamilyDentistry.com. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Cape Fear on Earth, a podcast from Star News Media. As always, I am your host, Hunter Ingram, and I'm a reporter for the Star News here in Wilmington, North Carolina, where you may have seen my byline on coverage of the city, the local film and television industry, and my weekly TV Hunter column. Whether you're new to the podcast or returning after following our first season, we're thrilled to have you here today for our first off-season episode. And for this episode, we're going to be doing things a little differently. Normally on the podcast, we dig deep into the history books to revisit persisting legends, historical oddities, and mysterious figures from the southeastern North Carolina region. But today, we're only going to go back about 15 years for a story that begins in 2003 with the start of production on the locally filmed television series, One Tree Hill. The local film industry is something I've come to know very well over the past five years. I first moved to Wilmington in 2013 to cover it for the Star News, and through it all, One Tree Hill remains the local project I write about most. That's because six years after it ended, the show continues to have an impact on the region. So this week, we're going to revisit the origins, production, and legacy of One Tree Hill, but I'm not gonna be doing it alone. Later in the episode, I'm going to share an interview I did with James Lafferty, best known for playing Nathan Scott on all nine seasons of the show. He and I talked about his start in the role, coming of age as an actor and a 20-something in Wilmington, and why he thinks the show's fan base just won't stop growing. So settle in for this special episode of Cape Fear Hunter, as we tell the story of how Wilmington became Tree Hill. In the spring of 2003, the Wilmington film industry stood at a crossroads. It had been 20 years since Stephen King's Firestarter had ignited interest in the sleepy coastal town as a filming hub far removed from the bright lights of Los Angeles. And the industry that blossomed from it was now facing the end of its longest running TV project, Dawson's Creek. Over six seasons, the WB series, which launched the careers of Katie Holmes, Michelle Williams, Joshua Jackson, and James Vanderbeek also gave Wilmington and the Cape Fear region a new kind of global exposure. Although it played the fictional Capeside, Massachusetts on screen, the Port City's small town charms made a mark on fans who saw the exit of their characters, Dawson, Joey, Pacey, and Jen as the end of an era. For the local crew who worked on the series, the end of Dawson's Creek was a disruption to their livelihood and the prospect of another long-term project like it was not guaranteed. Fortunately, the WB had already doubled down on its presence in Wilmington, at least temporarily, to film Ravens, a new drama pilot set in the small North Carolina town of Tree Hill. And following two half-brothers, as they wrestled with family drama and competed for girls and high school basketball glory, the project filmed simultaneously with the final episodes of Dawson's Creek. Ravens was born as a film screenplay written by Mark Schwann that never quite made it to the big screen. But in episodic format, the WB was hoping it had found the next teen drama to appease the legions of Dawson's Creek fans hungry 
for their next obsession. Chad Michael Murray, a familiar heartthrob presence on Dawson's Creek and another WB property, Gilmore Girls, joined the project as Lucas Scott, the quiet outsider brother. 18-year-old James Lafferty, who was fresh out of high school in the real world, joined as Nathan Scott, the popular jock who lords over the Tree Hill High social scene. After production was complete on the pilot, it was renamed from Ravens to One Tree Hill. Additionally, a character named Regan, who acted as Lucas's best friend and confidant, was scrapped from the script and rewritten as the more reserved character of Haley James, played by Bethany Joy Lenz. The WB eventually settled on keeping the show in Wilmington, having also considered Charlotte as a home base. In addition to Murray, Lafferty, and Lenz, the cast included Sophia Bush, MTV VJ Hillary Burton, Moira Kelly, Barry Corbin, Paul Johansson, Barbara Allen Woods, and Craig Sheffer, a healthy mix of both young and seasoned actors to balance the show's dual focus of the trials and tribulations in the halls of high school and the parental drama unfolding at home. One Tree Hill premiered on the WB on September 23, 2003, and to put it kindly, it was met with mixed reviews, many of which evoked the lingering spirit of Dawson's Creek and directly compared it to the new Fox series, The O.C., which was already grabbing headlines after a successful early summer premiere. One Tree Hill didn't make much of an impact in its first season, but it did quietly define itself as something a little different than just another teen drama. From the beginning, the show operated with music at its core. Its theme song, Gavin DeGraw's angsty I Don't Want To Be, became a hit, and each of the episodes were named after songs spread across musical genres, a trend that would persist for its entire nine-season run. Lindsay's Haley James was an aspiring singer still finding her voice in that first season, and would eventually go on tour, both on-screen and off, with some of the real-life musicians who appeared in the storyline. The character of Peyton Sawyer, played by Hilary Burton, would also go on to open her own record label, named Red Bedroom Records, in season five, and eventually launched her own music acts, based out of Trick, the show's popular nightclub and entertainment venue hangout. In essence, music was the show's heartbeat, and that only grew louder as it aged from high school drama to adulthood ensemble. It also hooked viewers with an earnest approach to stories of young love, broken hearts, major life shifts, and even controversial issues like season three's now famous school shooting episode. It also managed to slip seamlessly between its small town pace and a somewhat soap opera rhythm, the latter of which helped usher in more outlandish stories and characters like the axe-wielding Nanny Carey and another character literally known on screen as Psycho Derek. Even with the backing of its loyal fans along for the ride, one Tree Hill never became enough of a hit to secure its safety year to year. Johnny Griffin, director of the Wilmington Regional Film Commission, remembers the show ended nearly every season on the proverbial network bubble, unsure if it would survive to see another. It was always the little show that could, Griffin said, and it always managed to pull it out in the end. In Wilmington, the One Tree Hill cast assimilated early on into the community. The show was based at EUE Screen Gym Studios, but it also lived out amongst the town, setting up long-term sets like the Rivercourt basketball court it built at Battleship Park and the downtown Wilmington storefront that would become Karen's Cafe and eventually close over bros. Cast and crew also regularly returned to places like Cape Fear Community College, Wrightsville Beach, and several private residences 
that acted as on-screen homes for the characters. But more than any location, the show came to define the Sixth Street Bridge in downtown Wilmington, across which Murray's character is seen dribbling a basketball during a scene at the opening of the pilot. That scene would go on to be included in the opening credits of every episode that followed. The bridge, already known to the surrounding community as the Harry Forden Bridge, became the show's icon, symbolized today by the thousands of fans who have written messages on its still beams. As the show slowly gained popularity, so did Wilmington. Fans would travel from all over the country and eventually the world to visit the town that was Tree Hill, tracking down on-location shoots so they could watch the cast film live and in person, and then visiting the places in town the show had already touched. Even while the show was on the air, it had already began to give back to the community by directing fans to local shops and restaurants. When they weren't filming, the cast were everyday citizens, seen at bars downtown, sunbathing on the beaches, and even hosting special events, like the charity basketball game James Lafferty organized for several years. The show survived the end of the CW in 2006 and made the jump to the CW later that year. But when it needed to, One Tree Hill was always ready to reinvent itself to keep its fans enthralled and its story lively. In season five, the show jumped five years into the future, bypassing the often narratively treacherous transition to college and checking back in with the characters as adults. After season six, Hillary Burton and Chad Michael Murray left the show, leaving room for a new class of characters played by Chantel Van Santen and Robert Buckley. But in 2011, the show was on its last breath with the network. Writers had closed out the eighth season as if it was going to be the show's last. Only to be given notice, a shortened 13-episode ninth season had been ordered to bring the One Tree Hill story to a close. It officially signed off the air on April 4th, 2012, but that wasn't the end of the road. The show lingered in syndication for a few years after its finale, but with the arrival of Netflix, it found a surprising second wind. After the entire nine-season run landed in Netflix's digital streaming library, the show began to cultivate a new generation of Tree Hill fans, some of which weren't even born when it first premiered on television. Today, the show has made another jump to Hulu, where fans can still binge all nine seasons as many times as they want. The fruits of the show's persistence can be seen at conventions now held biannually in Wilmington and attended by thousands of fans, some loyal since the beginning and others still high on their first binge watch. Joining them at these conventions are select cast members with whom they take pictures, get autographs, attend parties, and hang on every word at Q&A panels. The eighth fan convention organized by Icon Conventions will be held in Wilmington at the end of October. But those devoted Tree Hill fans don't confine their pilgrimages to Wilmington to two weekends a year. Visit the Sixth Street Bridge or the former site of the River Court at Battleship Park on any given day, and you're bound to bump into a fan or two. One Tree Hill came at a time when Wilmington's film industry needed some hope for the future. It needed to know Dawson's Creek wouldn't be a one-off TV series job. What it got was its defining production. Even though Southeastern North Carolina has since hosted films like Iron Man 3 and The Conjuring, and other TV series like Under the Dome and Sleepy Hollow, it is One Tree Hill that's never truly parted ways with the region. For Wilmington, there's no industry project more intertwined in its identity as a town today. And for fans, there's still no place like Tree Hill.
Joining me now is a very special guest, James Lafferty, who played Nathan Scott for all nine seasons of One Tree Hill. Thank you so much for coming on the show, James. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great to be here. So I started this podcast off by talking to our listeners a little bit about the origins of One Tree Hill here in Wilmington, kind of the uh, the start of production, kind of what it did while it was here and kind of the legacy that it's had. And, uh, you know, it's it's a very special project for the area because it's uh, it has such a, a very intense footprint uh, for the local film industry. And I was just curious, you know, thinking back, I know it's been uh, it's been uh, a lot of years, but Think back, what do you remember about those first years being here in Wilmington filming the show? What stands out to you? You know, for me, it was my first years away from uh, away from home. Uh, it was, Wilmington was the first place I ever lived. Uh, and my adult kind of came straight from the nest back in California in my hometown uh, and, you know, flew out to, to Wilmington to shoot the pilot. Went back to finish high school and then um, found out the show got picked up. And so I went to uh, move into an apartment in Wilmington. So I come from a really small town, much smaller than Wilmington, actually. So for me, Wilmington was kind of uh, was kind of a big city. Uh, it was, you know, there was a downtown area that had like a really vibrant nightlife. Um, there was a, a college there with a bunch of kids. There was, um, you know, there was a beach with you know, all I, I didn't grow up near the beach, so there was you know this big, beautiful white sand beach. Um, it was just, it was kind of like a little heaven for me, you know, and it felt like <laughs> a, it felt like a bit of a, a playground as well. I come from a, a you know a big basketball background; it was a big part of my life growing up. And then to you know to come down to Wilmington, where there's just you know so there's a real basketball culture. Uh, you know, I just I felt really like right at home. And um, and so for me, you know, I think it was a really ideal kind of situation sort of settling in Wilmington because I was, you know, able to I was able to acclimate to, you know, the real world, um, but also still be in this sort of like safe little, little, you know, I think bubble that was the show that was that was Wilmington. Now, did uh, being a basketball fan, did you kind of have a moment to freak out about this being the hometown of Michael Jordan? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we used to shoot at Laney High School, which was, you know, obviously yeah. Michael Jordan's alma mater. So for me, that was a huge uh, perk of, you know, being on the job. I mean, those are, you know, that's that's hallowed ground for me. Um, and I had seen it in many a documentary, read about it in many a Slam Magazine article. Um, <laughs> you know, it was it was a really incredible experience to, to, to shoot there. And then also just to be you know, not far from Duke and North Carolina and, um, and NC State. I moved to North Carolina, I realized it's, uh, it's pretty typical. Most most people that are Duke fans come from out of state, and then the people that are from North Carolina all over Carolina. And uh, yeah, so I learned that the hard way. It was great. <laughs> it was it was just, it was, it was amazing because I, I just really felt like people my age or around my age who were really passionate about basketball, who were playing a lot of pickup, um, and I could actually go to those, you know, I could actually go to a Carolina game, I could actually go to a Duke game, um, whereas before, you know, just got to watch them once or twice a year on ESPN. So it was a really yeah. cool experience. You got an education in, in North Carolina basketball. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, you know, you mentioned you, you know, you were coming out of high school, you know, you were the one of the younger members of the cast. Um, what was it like to kind of not only be in a new town, but you're also looking at this new show and you're kind of, you know, trying to find a character and getting to know cast. I mean, what was that, you know, that first year like for you guys here in Wilmington, just kind of getting to know each other but also getting to know the show yeah it was fun um you know i think we all got to know each other through the work because 
those first seasons, we all did work together a lot. The show was really about the, you know, kids being sort of in the same place, in the same school, going to the same parties. You know, um, it, 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 later on in the show, the characters' storylines sort of separated a bit and diverged and went their own ways. But early on there, we were working together a lot and we were working really long hours. I mean, that's one of the things that I remember the most vividly about those first couple seasons or how, just how many 15-hour days there were. Um, and, and, you know, how, how often we would all be on set just like deliriously tired, just, you know, sort of like punchy and giggly like you get when you just stayed up way too late. Um, and, uh, and we, most of our days were like that. Uh, we'd go home, we'd sleep for six hours and we'd get back up and we'd do it all over again. Um, and so I think that created a real bond between, you know, between cast and between crew. I don't remember a single day when everybody, you know, when, when people were starting to act like they didn't want to be there, it was always like, Hey, let's get through this together. Let's really enjoy this for every moment. And, and that was really the vibe. That was really the vibe. And so I think that provided a really great bonding experience for everybody that worked on the show. And then outside of it, you know, the, the, the weekends that we weren't just sleeping all the way through, we would, you know, we would go out, we would go downtown or we'd go to some, you know, we'd go to Craig Schaffer's house for a barbecue at the beach or something. So th that was a time, I think, when we really uh, solidified those bonds. You know, and, you know, you guys have to find that show and you have to, you know, know your character and know each other. And But when did you notice that the show was kind of gaining a, a really, you know, big following when did, i mean was there any signs locally were more people coming to like visit you on set or you know how did you kind of recognize that you guys were kind of catching steam with fans as your show was airing that's funny i think that's that was sort of one of the things that was unique about our show or my experience with the show was that we didn't shoot in new york we didn't shoot in la um and you know we shot we shot our first seasons, I mean, most of the show was well before the era of social media and iPhones. Um, so the only way for you to know if your show was doing really well was, you know, if you were on the cover of magazines, which we really weren't. There were other shows that, that had that. And so we were just kind of this little show that was flying under the radar. We went and did TRL for the first time. That's uh, dating me and the show. <laughs> How long ago <laughs> that was? TRL so. was still. Um, but yeah, we went and did Total Request Live for MTV. And when we got there, all of Times Square was just full of people. And we thought that there was some kind of like parade or something. There was like SantaCon going on. We had no idea what it was for. And we found out that they were there for us. Um, and that was the first time we realized that we were doing something that the rest of the world was kind of, or not, at least the rest of the country was kind of paying attention to. Um, so that felt really good because, um, you know, even after that, definitely before that, but even after that, we felt like, you know, every season we, was... Um, we didn't know if we were coming back for like those first four seasons. We were, we were every season we were kind of on the bubble, uh, but once we realized that people were paying attention, um, it was uh, it was pretty cool because I think our experience in Wilmington we were always really protected. Uh, I feel like you know the people of Wilmington sort of they they had known Dawson's Creek before us. We kind of came in. Um, a lot of the same people from the town were on Tree Hill. Um, and so it was a sort of natural progression for the town and they weren't really, you know, they were really surprised by us, you know, in Wilmington, they were sort of used to it by then. Um, mm -hmm. and if anything, I think that One Tree Hill had less notoriety, you know, for a long time than Dawson's Creek did. If anything, we were sort of this little, like, you know, uh, stepchild of Dawson's Creek that was in town and, and nobody, <laughs> no, nobody really, you know, cared too much. They, they didn't make a big deal out of it. So we really just felt like we were part of the town, you know, um, but we saw the impact that it had outside of the town. Well, you kind of got 
two worlds. I mean, you got that, you know, where you were almost like another industry in this town. You were, you know, going about your days filming your, you know, the show and, you know, Wilmington was so used to filming by then. But then when you would leave town, you would do the TRLs, you would do the mall tours. And, you know, some of the cast members went on on a concert tour. I mean, there was kind of two different extremes, I guess, uh, you know, knowing that you guys were, you know, gaining popularity. Yeah, and it was great that I think what Wilmington really offered us as well was a, a, a an opportunity to keep our feet on the ground, you know, and to and to stay really to stay really grounded and to stay focused on the work. Um, and you know, Wilmington is an incredible town. There's a lot of things to do there, um, and there are a lot of you know amazing people. Uh, you can you can make I feel like you can make friends very very easily in, in Wilmington, but. Um, you know, at the same time, you don't have the distractions that you'd be offered if you were shooting in New York or Los Angeles. And for a young cast, for young people, I think that we benefited from that, even if we didn't know it at the time. I think mm-hmm. I look back on it and I know we benefited from, um, you know, from being in a small town and being in a town like Wilmington, where we could really stay, you know, focused on the work and, and the rest of the success of the show wasn't in our faces every single day. Um, we could kind of, you know, forget about that and we could go on living our lives like normal human beings, um, which I think is which I think is really, really healthy. You should try to stay grounded for as long as you can. And Wilmington helped us do that. Yeah, I mean, this was for for all intents and purposes for a good portion of the year. This was all of your home. I mean, this is where you lived. And, you know, this did you ever have time to, you know, I guess earlier on get a chance to know Wilmington. I mean, you said that you guys would have the weekends. Would you go out and go to the beach or, or you know, kind of be a tourist to get to know where you were living? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I lived out at Wrightsville Beach for the first year and it was, you know, it was really convenient when we shot because you could actually get like a beach rental for, um, you know, for for a week in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. could pay for You could get that for a month. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I lived out at the beach. It was incredible. And I tried surfing and I sucked at it and I kept hurting myself. So I had to stop because I needed to go to work the next day. And then I, you know, eventually just, you know, fell in love with, with the rest of the town. And um, I, we were working so hard in those early days that I, I remember not wanting to go back to Los Angeles to look for more work because I was so exhausted after an entire season. I mean, I was, I was, I was 18 years old. Um, I certainly didn't have, you know, my sea legs in terms of shooting 22 episodes of episodic television. Um, and so for the first, I think, three or four summers um, that we were off, I just stayed in Wilmington um, and I, I just hung out there and I went out on, you know, the intercoastal waterway and, you know, I went to the beach and I hung out with my friends downtown and I just sort of lived the summer the way that like a college student would live a summer. Um, and and so that was really my my way of getting to know the town, you know, a lot more intimately. Uh, and then eventually, you know, I, I got a house, uh, purchased a house there. Um, and so really started to feel like I was becoming part of the community. And once that started happening, I just felt less and less like there was there was a reason for me to leave. Um, you know, every time I'd go back to Los Angeles, I wouldn't really like it and I wouldn't have that great of a time. And I wasn't, you know, back then when I was younger, I was tired. I wasn't crazy motivated to go get other jobs outside of the show because, you know, I love being on the show. So. For me, it was about recharging my batteries in Wilmington so that I had the energy to come back strong for, 
for another season. And, you know, just so happens that Wilmington's a great place to, to take a load off and recharge your batteries. I would agree with that living here. You know, it's, it's, I, I, it is a different beast kind of shooting a show that is, is 22 episodes. It's, it's, it's an almost a, almost a full year commitment. I mean, it's, it's different now because so many TV shows have varying lengths of, you know, eight episodes, 10 episodes, maybe 22 if it's on broadcast. But that is, that, that was a full workload for you guys when you were, again, you, as you mentioned, you know, at a high school and, and just kind of growing up, not becoming a 20 something and, and going from there. I can't imagine, you know, that being, uh, you know, I would imagine being exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was, um, you know, I, I, I definitely had the natural energy for it. And a lot of our cast did. I think, I, you know, I was the youngest one, but not by very much, but just by a few mm-hmm. years, probably, or a couple of years. We all had a lot of that natural energy, but I think it was just sort of the, the, the mental fatigue that, that kind of sets in when you have that many, that many late nights. I mean, I remember in the middle of the night and seeing like cameras in my room, like seeing the crew in my room because we would go so far into the day, uh, you know, we would go so far into the night when your brain starts to think that, you know, your brain's like, oh, I should be asleep right now. So you start sort of like acting a little strange. And then you actually do go to sleep and your brain is still sort of seeing the things from when you were awake. And so I would like wake up in the middle of the night and like hallucinate cameras in the room and uh, and crew members in my room. Like, oh, yeah, well, I guess I'm still on set. Like, that's just, we just <laughs> thought we were on set. And wow, so, you did you know, need a beach vacation. Yeah, you know, we had we had the physical energy that that uh, that you do when you're young, but the, the mental fatigue is is really what started to to set in. This show it it intertwined itself. You know, we've talked about it a little bit. It intertwined itself with the community. Um, even more than probably any other production that has been here, just because one, you guys were here for so long, but two, you know, it identified with the community on screen because Tree Hill is Wilmington in a way, you know, it is a small town. You guys were playing a lot of the places that are real here in Wilmington as Mm -hmm. real places in Tree Hill, which is how people identify with it so much now. But you, but you guys were visible and, and people saw you and even you organized an annual charity basketball game. Uh, how did that come about? I can't remember what the genesis of it was. I mean, I knew that our our, our basketball coordinator, um, Brendan Kirsch, and the whole team of sort of the Ravens basketball players, we just loved playing together. We played together all the time. I think it was Brendan, actually. He he realized that we could probably get, you know, some people to come watch us play and, and, and raise some money and, you know, raise the profile of the show a little bit and raise some money for the community and... Um, and just have a good time, you know, have, have a good time. It would be another bonding experience for our quote unquote team. We could play a local high school team or we could play a local college team. Um, and it turned out to be a really great idea. And it was a lot of fun. I think the first year we did it was at Laney High School. And, um, and I think we, you know, like the gym was about half full. And then um, the next, I think we did it for four or five years. The next, the next uh, four, three or four years, we went to the Cape Fear Community College and we packed that gym out every year. We would give back to the Boys and Girls Club, uh, to the YMCA, who let us, you know, use a lot of uh, gym time there. Um, we would give back to individuals in town that um, sort of were, were, you know, in times of need. Yeah, I mean, that was a way for us to just really stay connected with the town and, and give back a little bit because we really felt like we were treated really, really well and we were, we were welcomed in the community. Um, and so, you know, we felt like it was important to let the know that we appreciated that and and you know that we wanted to um that we wanted to give back a little bit and it was also just a lot of fun <laughs> you know it was a lot of fun for us all to get together and ball and uh, play against cape Fear community college and you know we trained a lot for those games because we 
we were going to lose, but we didn't want to get spanked too hard. All, all the way around, it was just a it was just a fun thing for us to do and for us to um, you know show the community how much we appreciated them uh, you know welcoming us. It was almost like you guys, you know, in a way, it was that seamless kind of bridge between, you know, this film production or this TV production and and the town because, you know, I, I've seen pictures of this. Obviously, I wasn't here at the time, but, uh, you know, I've seen pictures of, you know, the, the cast members who weren't playing just kind of in the stands with people from the community, just kind of watching the game and enjoying it and eating popcorn and stuff like that. And it, <laughs> it did seem very much like everyone was having a good time and you know, it, there wasn't that kind of um, that break between, you know, cast members of a TV show and the community. You guys, you know, kind of seemed like you were just all having fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think um, Chad, Chad did it. Uh, he did a charity football game for a couple of years as well. Um, and so we, we would do things like that. And I think that's one of the that's one of the, the things that maybe separated our show from some other shows on the air at the time mm-hmm. is, is that we really made a concerted effort early on to pull down the, you know, invisible barrier between fans of the show and, and the show and us. Um, yeah. uh, you know, the, the marketing team for One Tree Hill was really good about making sure that we went on sort of mall tours and we were doing mm-hmm. signings everywhere, we were meeting people all over the country from, you know, San Francisco to, you know, Minneapolis, Minnesota to New York. I mean, we were meeting people all over the country to sort of get the word out, but also to make a face-to-face connection. So that's why I think these sort of charity games sort of came naturally because that's just what we were used to. And I feel like we, we kind of knew that that's how our show gained the core audience that it did. Um, and that's how we kept going is because we were um, we let we let the fans get to know us intimately. I think fans would come and, and watch you guys film on the streets of Wilmington. I mean, they would come to Wilmington even before, you know, these conventions that have been going on for a couple of years. They would come to Wilmington to see the locations as the show is airing, but also try you know, try to find you guys filming. Did you do you remember seeing people on the road on the streets like that? That didn't start till later. Um, I, I remember us being like the, the first few seasons. Um, some people would come to the river court because the river oh, yeah. court's a pretty iconic location. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty easily recognized. Like you can, when you're watching TV, you see downtown Wilmington and it's across the river and you're like, all right, well, where do I go to, where do I go to see that? <laughs> so <laughs> I think they, I think it was a really easy location to find. And so early on, there would be a couple people here and there would stop by. Um, usually they weren't coming from very far. Um, like maybe like New York would be like the furthest or something. Um, but then as, as time went on, I think like around season six, season seven, we'd start to like meet people from all over the world. We'd meet people from like Australia or we'd meet people from France. We'd meet people from everywhere. Um, and that was really kind of shocking to us because we had no idea. This was, you know, this was before Netflix. This was before streaming services. So we didn't even know how they were seeing the show. And, uh, and so, yeah, that was an amazing kind of thing because then as time went on every time we shot at the river court those crowds would get bigger there would be like you know instead of there being you know five to ten people or two to two to five people there'd be like 30 or 40 people standing there um and then uh you know they started showing up at other locations as well they'd show up at karen's cafe or they'd show up outside the studios or they found ways to um sort of track down where we got permits to shoot. I think that's, I think that's available by public record. I think you just go to like city hall and figure out who's shooting what in town that day. And somebody figured that out. So they started doing that and they started following people. They would just sort of follow us around town. And so we'd have a little crowd everywhere we went, um, which was such a trip to see how that 
continue to develop over the years. Um, and, you know, when we, especially, you know, towards the end in season nine, you know, when we thought that we were old news, the crowd just kind of kept, you know, getting a little bit bigger. So that was also a good indication of, you know, when you're in Wilmington and you're not really exposed to the rest of the world and all kinds of like media every single day, um, it's, it's a little bit um, harder to know where you stand in the grand scheme of things when you're on a TV show. But that was one of the good indicators for us that we were continuing to do something right. This show, it went on for nine seasons. And, you know, after every season, you know, there was that question really of whether you guys would come back. You know, there was there was one trio was constantly living on the bubble. Did you guys how did you do that when you were ending up, you know, or finishing up a season? Did you you know, say your goodbyes or did you kind of know that there was a good possibility it would come back? I mean, with that, with that uncertainty, how did that work, you know, being an actor and being out here in Wilmington? We would give each other hugs that lasted a little longer than, than, you know, usual. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't know if it would be the last time we'd see each other, you know, on set. So everybody would, everybody would kind of say goodbye at the end of every season, you know, for I think the first four seasons there. And um, it was it was kind of it was a bizarre feeling because we felt like we were doing a good job and we felt like we were making the show that we got hired to make, you know, and we felt like our show had a really strong identity. And we saw the we saw the viewership, um, you know, we saw that it was steady. So we felt like we were doing something right. So when we came out of it, there was always this feeling of there was never a feeling of like, oh, man, I don't know if we did good enough this year. I think for us, it was always like, hey, we did what we could. We think we should come back, but it's out of our hands. And so we kind of let it go, you know? And I remember that being, for some reason, that being easy to do every season, you know, not think about it too much because it really was out of our hands. And we, I, I felt like, you know, if we got that phone call that said, hey, you guys aren't coming back, we know we made the best show we could possibly make. So there, there was always that. But you know, it, 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 looking back on it now, you know, we, we went from having that uncertainty every season to all of a sudden going for like the next like five seasons, really knowing that we were coming back, you know? So it was like, it was really strange to see, looking back on it now, it was really strange that there was that shift. It wasn't like a gradual process of getting comfortable with whether or not we were coming back. It was like, really didn't know every season. And then all of a sudden for the next five seasons, we knew. <laughs> we were like, yeah, we perform steadily. People love this show. We're coming back. What was it like, you know, at the end when you guys were wrapping up the ninth and final season? What was it like to to kind of have that final goodbye and to say goodbye to Wilmington and kind of look towards the future after all these years of being here? I mean, was I imagine it was emotional, but what what do you remember about that time? Yeah, it was emotional. I mean, I remember I remember not really feeling like it was goodbye for some reason. And I think that's because I made some pretty strong ties. And so I remember not feeling like saying goodbye to Wilmington because I, I really felt like I would never say goodbye to Wilmington. Saying goodbye to the show, saying goodbye to the show was a little easier because uh, I think that we had all felt like the show had really, really cool. I mean, we've gone nine seasons and that is such an incredible run. That's that's more than, you know, you could, anyone could possibly hope for. And um, rare. so rare. And I think some of us, you know, as grateful as we were for that experience, we're ready to go on and, and to try to try other things. Um, so felt like time to say goodbye to the show so that was really it was that was really easy but as far as Wilmington you know I just I still I go back at least a couple times a year and I think I always will because it it's like I said it was the first place it was my first home you know my family home my nest it was my first home in my adult life 
Um, and it, it was that for so many years that, um, you know, I think I'm always going to feel like I sort of grew up there. You know, I spent all of my 20s there. Um, so, you know, the first phase of my adulthood. And um, and so it's always going to have have a really special place in my heart. And, and I know that it's an amazing place to be an incredible town that has so many so much to offer you know like the fact that i can talk to most people wherever i go and they've never been to wilmington or they've never really heard of wilmington i like that still go back there and it's not completely overdeveloped not completely overrun it feels like this little best kept secret this little gem and yeah it's always going to have a special place in my heart well and, and speaking of coming back i mean you do make return visits for these fan conventions that have happened you know twice a year and, and you're coming back for one in october um what's it like to see this this fandom that surrounds the show you know you mentioned kind of recognizing it when you were filming seeing that it had a, a wider reach than you thought but with streaming sites with netflix and hulu it's been able to cultivate just an astounding number of new fans and you know just consistent and loyal fans who come to these conventions i mean what's it like to kind of just see that spread out in front of you with with all these people uh here in wilmington at, at the conventions it, it is absolutely bizarre for whatever reason you know when our show went on netflix things really accelerated i mean we got recognized on the street more um the show is being talked about more our social media feeds were full of people that you know that hadn't been there before we would see our, our cast we'd see each other from time to time throughout the year and we'd always just kind of look at each other like is this is this different like is it just me or is this different like are, are, are you getting approached more or, or is, is the show being talked about more like is, is the show more popular now than it's ever been and we're three years off the air and the answer was always yes everybody was feeling all of our cast was sort of feeling the exact same thing um and so the consensus was that netflix just gave you know, One Tree Hill, um, a second life that was sort of, um, you know, even bigger than the, the first one. And so I think that really, that really manifests itself um, and, is, is, and is seen really clearly through these fan conventions um, because they continue to even get bigger, you know, and we all, every year we think, okay, is this going to be the last year? Like, are we going to show up this year? And there's going to be like five people. <laughs> um, but every year there are, you know, it's the same amount of people every year. And, um, and some of them are the same, but there's also new um, ends of the show coming through every year. And it's incredible. Uh, it just becomes this incredible experience to actually meet, um, to meet the people who are sort of invested in this work that you did. Um, even if it was so many years ago, I think it's something that none of us ever anticipated happening. It's really surreal for us to sit there and to be able to meet so many people at the show had an impact on and i'm i mean i'm really grateful for it and i'm grateful for the fact that we get to do it in wilmington um <laughs> yeah. you know that convention center there is such a great venue for it and and you know i know that the fans as well they love being there because the locations from the show that they can just hop around downtown within a minute walk and go see a bunch of the sort of you know one tree hill iconic locations but then also you know we're on our little breaks from you know a long day at the convention and we go down to like slice of life to have a beer and a slice of pizza. Well, we're kind of sitting with them as well because there's yeah. inevitably going to be some, some fans who have taken a walk down there too. So it, it, it really holds on to that small town vibe. These fans are so low and I've, I've covered all of them that have been here and, and they're, they're the, the fans that watched you when you were live on television and they're the fans who were 
are young enough that they weren't even alive when it started. And so there's such a wide range that are kind of coming yeah. and, uh, you know, congregating over this show. Um, do you have to brush up on the show before you go? Because they're always looking for your favorite quotes and episodes and Nathan and Haley moments. And, or is it kind of just whatever comes to you in the moment when you're in front of them? Yeah, it's, it's kind of just whatever comes to us in the moment because there's so many moments. I don't think it's po- I think the only way to brush up is to watch all the episodes or, or to read, you know, the read the cliff notes on every single episode, which, you know, we don't have the time to do. So, I mean, I've been, I've been caught, I've been caught and me and my other castmates have been caught many times getting the answers to some of these like questions wrong or like not knowing, <laughs> not knowing the answer because the, the beauty of these things is that if somebody asks you a question about your character and you don't know the answer, everybody else does. The whole yeah. crowd will. And so they'll yell the answer to you. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Of course. Of course. I'm sorry. It's been a while. So, <laughs> but I, I mean, for me, that's fun. I enjoy the opportunity to interact with people and ask them, you know, um, you know, what they know about the show or to fill in the blanks for me, you know, because that gives us an opportunity to connect on something. I think it's also fun for the fans to see as well, like who remembers what. I mean, the, the institutional knowledge of One Tree Hill is with the fans. I mean, they are the ones who hold on to the things that, that you guys did, but you know, they're, they're there to, to remind you whenever, whenever you need it. Um, it, it's kind of interesting to just watch you, uh, you and the other cast members interact with them in, in some of these Q and a sessions or, or autograph sessions where they have things that they really love about the show or a specific character, specific story. And you guys, you know, you remember it, but it, for them, it just holds a, a different type of resonance. And, and it's, it's interesting to kind of see their eyes light up and, and you guys kind of just interact with it. It's a, it's a really rewarding experience, it seems. It is. It's a very, very rewarding experience. I mean, I think that, you know, when you're in film and television, there's, you have very few chances to see the work that you're doing make an impact um, in real time, you know, if you're a rock star, you yeah. get instant feedback. If you, if you know, <laughs> if you're in theater, you get instant feedback. Um, if you're in film and television, you don't necessarily more so nowadays because of social media. Um, but in terms of you know person to person, like actual in in person contact and, and and feedback, you don't get it that often. When we're sort of talking about the show with people, that's we get to sort of see and hear what the impact and moments were um, on them directly. And we see it in their eyes. And that's we're grateful to we're grateful to have it. And it can be a little overwhelming sometimes for sure, because obviously, you know, we we don't we didn't necessarily feel those things when we shot the show. And we don't feel them when we watch the show because we're seeing it from a different a completely different perspective. Um, so it's kind of refreshing and super rewarding to know that we did our jobs because it had, you know, that effect on that person, but it can also be kind of overwhelming because you kind of feel like you need to match their emotion or you need to match their enthusiasm for whatever moment we're talking about. But we just have a more professional perspective on it because we, Mm -hmm. you know, we had to go make that (laughs) as opposed to (laughs) them seeing it happen and it being a representation of of a real life, you know, um, sort of emotion. It can be sort of an enigmatic experience. Before I let you go, you just made a a show with your former co-star, Stephen Coletti. Uh, Everyone is doing great. Tell me what's happening with that because there's been some, you know, developments on that front since I last spoke to you about it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. 
So, um, so that, I mean, that's another good good example of I think One Tree Hill uh, having having a major impact on our lives. They really showed up huge for Stephen and I, and um, you know, they they really they really got behind this project, and they got us. Um, budget for our first season, really. Um, yeah. We were able to raise enough money through Indiegogo so that we could then go find a private um, investor who came in and matched those funds. Um, and so that's all sort of happening right now. We're, we're just sort of trying to lock that deal in and then um, we are going to be off to the races and shooting by mid-October and um, and editing through, you know, the winter and a little bit of the spring. Really hoping to have, uh, you know, a, a spring 2019 release for the show. We're going to be shooting, you know, this October. So we're officially in, in pre-production right now. We just have to, you know, stay, you know, we have to hold fast and um, we do everything right from here on out because uh, um, I don't know, as you may know, pre-production can be a very sort of precarious time. Um, there's a lot of positive things that can happen your 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 project is really made in this time right um yeah. this is this is how you you know you make sure that all the nuts and bolts are fast and tight so that the ship stays together when you when you go out to sea so um <laughs> so we're we're in that crucial time period now and um it's very very exciting and it's all you know it's really because of it's because of this one tree hill fandom i mean i don't think there's a more direct way of showing that um you know you of uh, showing that you're building off of something that you did right like we we yeah. literally went and asked the fans of one tree hill this thing that we did and that is in the past for us um to come support this next thing um and you know support us financially um so that we can make this next project that we're that we know they're gonna love and they did it they really really did it um and so you know for for us we're just incredibly incredibly grateful yeah i mean you guys raised Two hundred and seventy-one thousand dollars. I mean, that is the, from this Indiegogo campaign, and and you know, you're wearing so many different hats on this. You know, director, writer, actor, and it's uh, it's definitely a project that it feels like you know, not only have you and Steven put so much into it, but the fans can really feel like they have made an impact as well, and and um, and see you know a reflection of that effort uh, when you guys kind of debut, will film, and then debut the the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're part of the they're part of the community around this show, and that's that's one of the things that we did. 100% anticipate this thing doing, um, the Indiegogo campaign doing, was building a community around the show, which is what One Tree Hill so good at, was building a community around the show and servicing that community, making sure that we stayed in contact with that community. And, um, and you know, they were good to us, so we were good to them. And, and so through this Indiegogo campaign, um, we really were able to build a small community around this show that we're really looking forward to cultivating and to continuing to communicate with and we're looking to grow that community as well um because you know i I think that's something that's very rare when you go out to sell a tv show whether you're making a pilot that's the hardest thing to do is to get people on board get people behind it and we feel really really grateful for that and that's you know that's one tree hill fans you know one tree hill is 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 etched into you know wilmington's history and and the local film industry and uh james thank you so much for talking to me about it i I really appreciate it and uh, i enjoyed your you know your reflections on the show it was an incredible incredible time in my life and like i said i wilmington is um is a second home to me and it it always will be so i'm looking forward to the film industry coming back um coming back to town and and um and seeing another seeing another boom there because uh because you know i would love to work there again it's been too long we would definitely welcome you back cool thanks a lot (laughs) thank you so much James. That's it for this special One Tree Hill episode of Cape Fear Unearthed. Thank you so much for joining me. And thank you again to James for taking time to reflect on his time in Tree Hill.
If this is your first episode of Cape Fear on Earth, please go back and listen to our first season and get caught up before season two begins in early January. Also, be on the lookout for our special Christmas-themed episode, which will be coming in December, where we will return to the history books for a few joyful tales. In the meantime, join our Facebook group to make sure you don't miss any updates on the podcast and see special posts with pictures pertaining to each episode. You can find that group by searching Kate Fear Unearth on Facebook. Also, be sure to tweet us your thoughts with the hashtag CF Unearth or email us at KateFearUnearth at gmail.com. You can find all of our episodes at KateFearUnearth.com as well. This episode was written and produced by Hunter Ingram. It was edited by Adam Fish. Until next time, get out and explore the Cape Fear region and explore the filmography of the Wilmington film industry. What you learn might just surprise you.